Hi, this is JP Mack, and welcome to Liberty Relearn, not just another conservative blog. Trudeau goes full fascist, deja vu. Stop me if you've heard anything like this before. An avowed socialist ascends to the leadership of his country despite being a member of the minority party. A precipitating event in nation's capital serves as the pretext for that person to assume extraordinary emergency powers. He uses those powers as a blunt instrument to destroy his opposition. A minority group in that country is scapegoated as the cause of an existential crisis, and the leader escalates persecution of that group. That group is banned from partaking in society in full and has their possessions confiscated by the government under the emergency powers. I think most of you know where I'm going with this. Everything in the preceding paragraph applies to Adolf Hitler, who used the Reichstag fire as an excuse to assume dictatorial powers, which he used to attack, if not eliminate, his political opposition and to persecute those who he felt were undesirable, who didn't fit in with his vision of the perfect society. So too does it apply to Justin Trudeau, who rose to the top post of his government despite his party not holding the majority of seats. He invoked the Seldom Used Emergencies Act, which he is using to persecute and intimidate the truckers who brought their protest to the nation's capital several weeks ago. Though he won't exterminate the truckers, or hopefully won't put them into war camps, he does seem intent on depriving them of any meaningful existence as Canadian citizens and of several inalienable rights. Even those who offered financial and material Assistance to the truckers are being treated exactly like those who support actual terrorists. Trudeau, not unlike the fascists of yesteryear, broke, broke no opposition, no challenge to his vision. Those who dare stand against him must be crushed, as all those who stand against state must be in his world. Yes, these truckers, in their act of civil disobedience, have broken laws, traffic laws, parking laws, and assorted other minor misdemeanors, none of which in the civilized world would justify the sort of crackdown Trudeau has started. They are the sort of nuisance violations that normally in a sane society warrant fines and little more. Many of the truckers have already left their positions blocking the U.S.-Canada border. What Trudeau is doing is above and beyond what the situation calls for. What he and his followers are doing resembles less what leaders of liberal democracies do and more what the craven despot rulers of last century did. The situation calls for sitting down with the truckers listening to their grievances, and working out a solution. Offering people the right to bodily autonomy would seem like a pretty low bar. It seems 
for him seeing it calls for him seeing them as equals and dealing with them as people not terrorists not enemies of the state but people if he can kneel with blm protesters he can sit with peaceful truckers it's what a true leader a statesman worthy of the name would do and that is of course reference to uh Justin Trudeau invoking the Emergency Powers Act, uh, normally reserved for uh, an existential threat to the Canadian government or the Canadian people, uh, is additionally or originally intended only for use in the time of like a, a war, something of that nature. Uh, it was really only intended for. Um, use if there's no other possible uh, means of settling the problem, such as with the local authorities or the police, and where uh, normal law and order just won't do. And so what Justin Trudeau has done is, uh, through this emergency act, he's given himself the power to uh, basically empower or force tow truck companies to tow the trucks out of the streets of Ottawa and wherever else they might be in the country. Uh, it also gives them, the police, the power to, more power to arrest people. Um, a lot of this um, comes without any sort of due process. So it kind of eliminates the need for due process in the whole situation. And uh, it bypasses a lot of Canadian legal and social norms. And really the legal and social norms of most Western civilized nations. Now, uh, just for reference... Um, uh, earlier I referenced the rice tag fire. Um, so for those who don't know, um, the rice tag fire occurred in 1933, where basically the uh, German uh, central government was located, kind of like their parliament or their capital. There was a suspicious fire, um, and Adolf Hitler used the that event as an excuse to basically give himself the dictatorial powers, which he would eventually uh, expand to um, make the uh, not make himself the total dictator of Germany, and so that was the precipitating event for Hitler's uh, rise to total control of the government in. Germany, and uh, it's also suspected that members of his own na uh, Nazi party uh, set the fire, and they used that as, and of course, as an excuse again to do their version of the Emergencies Act and uh, give himself um, unprecedented power, and basically 
make uh, the German chancellorship into a, a dictator uh, position. And so we can see a um, little uh, less than a century later, uh, some of the same events playing out. Of course, uh, this time the event was the bunch of truckers um, basically occupying the streets of Ottawa, the capital of Canada. And so they've been there as this, as I'm reading this, as I'm saying these words, uh, for about three weeks now. And so three weeks into them, there's been really no violence to speak of. Um, the truckers have been exceptionally well behaved, um, pretty exemplary, actually, con considering what they're doing is, uh, uh, an act of civil, civil disobedience. And so, you know, kudos to them for their behavior in all of this. And that's what you need. You have to, if you're going to do something like this, if you're going to have to have a uh, civil disobedience movement um, where the, um, where your protest rises to the level of civil disobedience. Uh, with that um, comes... You know, you're basically, when you cross that, you're basically violating some sort of law. And that's usually the case. As was the case when Gandhi, for instance, went to the shore to, of the Indian Ocean and had um, a bunch of his followers, he and a bunch of his followers, uh, made salt, um, which at the time was illegal because the British Empire wanted to have the salt monopoly in India. And so them going to the shore and, you know, making sea salt um, basically was symbolic. Of course, probably had no effect whatsoever in the Indian economy. It was, it was a symbolic measure, but it was nonetheless one that was illegal at the time in the country. And so... A lot of these protests, when they rise to the level of civil disobedience by their very nature, become uh, illegal in some form. And so, my uh, point of view is that uh, if you engage in this, as Gandhi did back in the day, and as Martin Luther King Jr. did during his uh, civil, civil rights protests, uh, some of them were also acts of civil disobedience. Um, if they got arrested, that was part of it. And sometimes that was the part of it to bring attention to your cause. And I you know in the, well, in the case of the civil rights movement and with Gandhi uh, pushing for the independence of India, um, when they did uh, civil disobedience and they were arrested, that was kind of, that was almost the point. And because there, it's what we call optics today in politics. Um, when news of what happened in India at the time and what happened to Martin Luther King and his followers, you know, when they were uh, crossing into Selma and 
the governor, a Democrat governor of Alabama, uh, was there waiting for him, and they were mistreated and, and manhandled by the police of Alabama. Um, that looked really bad, particularly overseas. It didn't play well in the press. And so it's all about what we call today optics. And so that's where we're at now. Um, I guess I hope that the Chuckers, the, lead, the leadership of the Chucker or the convoy, the Freedom Convoy, hope they realize and we're prepared to be arrested. And I think they were. Um, and some of them were a uh, great, uh, great number of them were arrested. Uh, several hundred people were arrested. Some have been let go. Some have been sapped fine. Some of them uh, have been in prison as of right now. And so that's where we are. And that's the whole idea. It. Well, the major idea of it is to let the, the world see what's going on. And it looks very ugly uh, to the outside world when you see pictures of uh, what looks seems to be like an Ottawa SWAT team or our RCMP SWAT team uh, busting into, in one case, someone's mobile home and doing the whole thing, breaking the door open and doing a tactical entry into the vehicle as if they're going to be met by some hail of gunfire. Uh, some of it is, uh, of course, political theater, just to drive home the point that these people are terrorists. And, of course, you see that happen, by the way, now that you, now that the uh, protests, these Freedom Convoy protests have caught on all around the world. They're happening in... Um, United States, there's uh, some sort of protests in Italy, in New Zealand, uh, Australia, uh, France, I believe, also. So they're popping up all over the world, especially places that have hit, have had major um, lockdowns or are still under some major lockdowns for COVID-19 and or are still having uh, COVID passports or vaccine passports. So you see those happening around the world. And of course, you have in Washington, D.C., they have the fencing going back up. And of course, we know that after January 6th, they had this whole political theater of thing going up around the Capitol as though they had to have some um, protect level of protection, and they had in initially a thousand uh, National Guard troops and other uh, military. Eventually, built several thousand even today. Um, but this is all political theater. This was meant for the consumption uh, base. Kind of where this is, you know, where these people who are it's trying to suggest that ordinary in this case Trump supporters are uh, terrorists and also um, in a lot of people in the Canadian press with Trudeau he's basically called them terrorists uh, their finance minister announced the measures that they're going to seize the accounts of anybody who donated to the freedom protesters so those people who donated 
uh, initially on GoFundMe and then, um, was it, um, Go Send Go or whatever, um, I forgot what the name of it, but those who, uh, donated through, uh, crowdfunding sites are now seeing their, um, their accounts frozen and they're even trying to uh, freeze the accounts of the uh, digital currency, the Bitcoin. So people who tried to support the freedom protesters, freedom convoy with Bitcoins, they're having their accounts frozen. And that is, um, it, see, it would seem, at least, in the case, well, in all cases, but I have to be with the Bitcoins, that there was a, um, a breach, I believe, of Give, Send, Go, I believe is the crowdfunding. And uh, so there was, there was a hacker and who doxed the people and their account information. And, of course, it's very convenient that the to the Canadian government, as they're trying to track these people down and freeze their accounts, Basically, when you get to the level of freezing in accounts, you're basically depersoning that person. You're cutting them off from all access, pretty much their access of participating in society. Particularly, a lot of people have only one bank account. That's the bank account that their uh, paycheck goes into, their direct deposit goes into. And so if you freeze that account, you're keeping them from all of their savings. And uh, it would seem, uh, I would have to get verification, but um, I have to wonder if they're not, not just freezing the accounts, but confiscating the accounts. Um, but I don't think so, but that will be something that um, kind of have to look, look to look for um, if they're going to confiscate the accounts or if they're merely freezing it because that would be even another step uh, even worse. And again, the whole idea is to take away the personhood of these people who are supporting the Freedom Convoy, the truckers themselves, or people who supported them. So someone gave a hundred bucks to GoFundMe uh, even before uh, any of those truckers were cited with anything, those um, funds are being seized. And um, unfortunately, you have the banks uh, cooperating with this, with this uh, legally dubious um, act on the part of the Canadian government. <clears throat> Now, all of this is happening. Now, you would think that, you know, this is like a last-ditch effort on part of the Canadian government. But so far as I know, um, Justin Trudeau has made no attempt to meet with the truckers, to sit down with truckers and, truckers and uh, find out their grievances, trying to work out a deal. Um, as I said in my piece, uh, in my opening piece here, I mean, offering people the right to buy a tenement, autonomy would seem like a pretty low bar um it's amazing that the right not to have a substance injected to your body by force is the source of some major impasse 
but here we are, even as a lot of countries are giving up on the idea of um, vaccine passports and all of these COVID restrictions, uh, several countries have dropped virtually all of their COVID restrictions. Um, I know the UK, I believe Finland has, and a couple of other countries have. They've dropped all of their uh, COVID restrictions. And so it's amazing that this is even being an impasse here. Um, this should be the easiest uh, problem, grievance to settle with anybody, you know, pretty much ever. But the uh, Justin Trudeau and his party have decided that this is an opportunity to uh, strike a blow against their political rivals and their ideological rivals. And so what this tells me is that this isn't about solving the problem. Again, solving the problem, you know, it, I mean, how hard is it to rescind the order that uh, truckers who spend most of their time on their job in solitude anyhow uh, rescind the order for them to uh, quarantine themselves for two weeks if they uh, cross over uh, into America and back into Canada. Um, it's, it's, there's no call for that. That's not something that, uh, I don't think anybody, you know, our CDC is not recommending that so far as I know. Um, certainly have none of that in between state borders or even now provincial borders in Canada. Uh, I think you did have some restrictions earlier. But those restrictions have been lifted. And even the idea of vaccine passports, which is the main problem, particularly in Canada, a lot of the provinces have already lifted those um, soon after, you know, the Freedom Convoy got started and um, started to occupy parts of Canada, especially Ottawa. And so a lot of provinces have already dropped their requirements. But you have... Justin Trudeau and his government's uh, stubbornly holding on to theirs. And the problem now is it becomes a bit of ego. Uh, Justin Trudeau doesn't want to be seen as giving into or losing to these truckers. Um, these are people that he apparently feel, feels are beneath him. They're, he's not a part. He does not feel like they're part of um on his level they're not his peer he certainly doesn't seem to be treating them like peers and fellow uh uh fellow citizens as would a more mature leader with a more mature outlook on life and who is actually interested in solving the problem uh, if the problem is that you have truckers to, uh, clogging up the streets of your capital, um, and they're really their only demand is that you lift their they um, quarantine, uh, even if they're healthy, perfectly healthy, um, once they cross back into Canadian territory, 
you know, it seems kind of ridiculous when you think about that. Um, I could put it in another way. Um, the, the Canadian government is seizing the bank accounts and interfering with the livelihood of truckers and people who support truckers whose only demand is that they not be required to um, accept a very new and uh, not completely tested, not very well, uh, with a lot of longevity, um, a chemical into their body that's only known for less than three years, not, you know, pretty much two years. Basically, all they want is a right to decide whether or not they put a chemical in their body or not. That would seem like a pretty low bar, but in today's world, somehow that is a problem. And so that's where we stand today. Again, um, I don't think it's too much of a leap to say that this, at this point, has very little to do with public health or public safety. Again, these are truckers we're talking about. These are people who do most of their job in solitude. Um, they don't come in contact that much with anybody. And when they do con come in contact with other people, um, it's not really going to be for very long periods of time. Generally, you know, just long enough for them to fill up the rigs, uh, long enough to, for them to unload and load their cargo and, uh, you know, get fuel and refuel and do some maintenance and uh, things of that nature. So it has, it's a job, probably it's like the one job with like the least amount of contact with other people as a necessity for doing that job. Um, so it seems like it should be so easy. But again, uh, now we're to the point where it's uh, egos, where Trudeau doesn't want to be seen to be uh, giving up, giving in to these truckers who he probably, again, seems are kind of beneath him's station. And um, so it's a shame that he cannot apparently see them as peers. Now, he had no problem not just sitting, but kneeling with the BLM protesters. Now, if you remember the BLM protests in 2020, you know, a lot of them were violent. Uh, they're much, they were much more violent as a rule than the, uh, prote the protesters in the, you know, the trucker protests in Ottawa and in Canada. Um, and so he was willing to kneel with them, uh, but he's not willing to sit with, uh, these truckers and, that does not say much for his character. 
Now, there are, as I mentioned, similar protests springing up all over the world. There's going to be a, a convoy in the United States. It's supposed to start in Los Angeles, and it's going to go across the country, and it's going to end up in Washington, D.C. It's supposed to end up in Washington, D.C. on the day of the State of the Union address. So, um, uh in the not too distant future, I don't know the exact date at the moment, but um, yeah, President Biden is going to give his State of the Union address to Congress. It normally happens in the beginning of the year in the first quarter, and so it's coming up pretty soon. And the convoy, Freedom Convoy, is headed to uh, the United States Capitol. So we're going to see what happens there. Of course, I mentioned. Um, the political theater putting up the fences are probably going to bring in, um, overdo it again with the National Guard and that sort of thing. And they've already um, taken, you know, they've already um, uh, taken off leave all of the the for the police for the Capitol Police. You know, there's there's not going to be any leave for the police officers during. That time when we're going to see what happens. Um, and here is where I need to control. The pre, pre, you know, especially if you are more on the conservative libertarian side. And you are a fan of the Freedom Convoy in Canada and what they're doing in Canada. And you want to see that in the United States. In the interest of controlling expectations, remember... Um, the truckers in the United States, of course, most of them don't go to Canada. Most of the truckers in the United States don't cross, um, either the north or northern or southern border. And so they're not affected, even though I believe they, they, we make them, um, quarantine too. Or, you know, there's some sort of uh, vaccine passport requirement for truckers on our side, too. And, of course, in individual localities and cities. But uh, most of the country has already uh, decided to uh, lighten up on the COVID restrictions. Some states haven't had them for a long time. Some, some of them haven't had them at all. Other states and other cities. And, of course, the last... Holdouts, of course, as you can imagine, are the bluest of blue cities in the United States. These are your Los Angeles, your Chicago's, and Philadelphia. And so they, these are, and New York City will be the last holdouts. And not coincidentally, uh, these are deep blue cities, uh, and a lot of them are in deep blue states to boot. But even in, you know, blue New Jersey, they are um, going to lift the requirement of masks in school um, soon, uh, I believe at the beginning of the month. And of course, other localities and other states have similarly announced their intention. They've either dropped the uh, vaccine mandates or the mask mandates in their cities or in their states they either have or announce their intention to do so 
And but of course you'll have these last, as I said, blue cities as holdouts. Unfortunately. But as I was saying, just in in the interest in controlling expectations, I would not expect a full blown occupation of Washington D.C. as we have in Ottawa. Um, I think they're probably going to, you know, do a couple circuits around the Capitol, uh, around the Beltway maybe, and they will probably disperse. So I don't imagine we'll have the same situation where it's dragging on for weeks and the streets are completely clogged with, um, trucks. So they will be beeping their horns, they'll honking their they'll be honking their horns and making a lot of noise. Uh maybe it will last for hours, but I would doubt it will last days. But hopefully it'll it'll uh drive home the, the point and they'll drive uh, get attention. And the other thing is that as I mentioned in the United States, as opposed to Canada, you have a lot of these restrictions being dropped already, except in the blue and blue states. Now, what I would suggest, if they really, they're they're really going to the wrong capital. Um, if they really want to go someplace, they should go to Sacramento, California, you know, California's capital, and protest there and occupy there. Uh, if they're going to do anything like the Canadians, because uh, Sacramento, California is where a lot of the rules are coming from that are, have caused, uh, the, the supply chain disruption, um, all sorts of rules and regulations in California that a lot of other states don't have. And it makes it prohibitively expensive to do business for truckers in California as opposed to other states. So really... My suggestion is that they're protesting, they're sending their protests to the wrong capital. But, you know, Washington, D.C. gets uh, a lot of press. So, you know, and it's, I guess it'll be the State of the Union. So we'll see what happens. And hopefully the American boy will also be peaceful and will be, you know, relatively uneventful as far as any kind of violence. Um... Now, you should expect that once they get here, you know, like you see in Ottawa, you know, you're going to have, you can expect literal uh, false flag incidents where you'll have leftists posing as truckers or whatever, and or, you know, whatever, they'll be uh, digging out their swastika flag or German Nazi stars and, and the rebel flag and in an attempt to make it look like uh, the American truckers are a bunch of racists and um, what have you. Um, but as it appears to be in a case in Canada, these are all posers. These are people, I think in, in one case, uh, it was actually shown that the person was a member of Antifa and not an actual trucker. I mean, the person had, like, dyed green hair or something like that and looked nothing like your typical Canadian trucker. And so he was exposed right away as a fraud. And But you can expect that to happen 
probably even more so uh you you may remember the event um when Youngkin was running for governor in Virginia and the Democrat party had a bunch of people with tiki torches and um khakis and white shirts trying to call uh a call back to the the Charlottesville uh, white supremacists there they were trying to make it look like uh, Youngkin was supported by white supremacists and all those people were at operatives. And so you, you can't expect that sort of um, false flag operation there. And I can say that pretty much without you know getting too much into conspiracy theory uh, territory because this is something that we've seen in Canada. And so we can expect to see it in the United States, so don't be surprised, uh, you know, you probably have a bunch of leftists right now having a rush order from whatever flag company they can find that, that has a, a swastika flag, um, you're gonna, you're gonna see that, and so you're gonna see posers, and just be aware of that, that, uh, it's very unlikely that any of these truckers that are going to be coming to the nation's capital or running, but the that's not going to stop the press, our press and our government from calling them white supremacists. It's not going to stop anybody from posing as truckers, you know, waving, you know, rebel flags and what have you. So just, just expect that, you know, they're going to be up to their own, their old, you know, usual dirty tricks on the left so expect that know that's not real and um you know hopefully we'll be able to if that happens which is certainly will will be uh you know people will be able to expose these people as the frauds that they'll, they'll be inevitably so expect that um hopefully um the truckers and their supporters will remain nonviolent. Um, of course, you know, you, you still have the problem of groups like Antifa, you know, they will, you can expect them to be there and they, you know, hopefully the truckers and their supporters just won't take debate and won't engage with the people who are trying these agent, uh, provocateurs that will inevitably be there in Washington, D.C. and what other uh, cities that the the um, convoy uh, passes through. And the convoy's uh, scheduled to go a number of cities. And so this convoy, the convoy that's going to occur in the United States, it's being called the People's Convoy. And it's supposed to be uh, a thousand trucks. And they're going to make their way from California to uh, Washington, D.C. They are trying to be in Washington, D.C. just in time for the State of the Union address. And so if you want to check that out, um, Google the People's Convoy. I really don't have too much information on it um, other than that. Um... But, you know, if anything happens, it should be interesting, and we'll see what effect that has.
on the discussion. Again, in the interest of controlling op- expectations, uh, the people com- People's Convoy, a uh, thousand trucks sounds less than what happened in Canada, but who knows, maybe there'll be people who just uh, tag along um, as the thing uh, goes. You know, it could just grow and grow and grow as, a, as it gets closer to uh, the nation's capital. So we'll see. Hopefully everything will go well. They'll get their message across. And hopefully it'll be something to show that there's a lot of people um, still interested in being free from the COVID restrictions, particularly uh, nowadays. Um, I did a whole um, special on Omicron, where I talked about the you know what's happened with the Omicron variant, dominant variant currently in the United States and most of the world, not nearly as severe as Delta, not as severe as the original uh, COVID version. Oh, I was just looking the other day on the news uh, where it said that uh, the person in South Africa, the doctor, South African doctor, um, who discovered the Omicron variant was being dissuaded from calling it mild. Um, I guess there was forces in our, I guess, well, in, 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 in the international medical community and politicians I'm sure were trying to dissuade her from calling it mild but you know it it is what it is it's not as nearly as dangerous as previous iterations of COVID but of course there's always the exceptions and so you know if you feel like getting vaccinated um and you don't have any problem with getting vaccinated, then, um, you know, go ahead uh, and get it done. It'd probably still be worth your while. Um, even with Omicron, you know, you know, if you want to get vaccinated, you know, I don't see any problem um, with, you know, getting the vaccine. You know, if you have any vaccines to your doctor, and, uh, you know, hopefully that will be a decision between you and your doctor and uh, politicians will stay out of that decision, whatever it is. But anyhow, um, in the era, era of Omicron as the dominant variant, um, we're seeing a lot of the, the restrictions fall. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, states and municipalities across the country and uh, another and also in other nations are dropping their restrictions and so and i think omicron is helping that along um so at least that it's giving the um, people the powers that be cover for making their decision which is probably should have been done could have been done probably months ago in my opinion but nonetheless, they're making decisions now to drop the vaccine mandates. Of course, uh, Governor Yunkin, as I just mentioned, uh, he signed into law uh, against having vac- or vaccine mandates in school. And also, uh, I believe uh, he outlawed the mask mandates. 
And I did see a video where they, the children of the Swan School were informed that they no longer had to wear their masks starting the next day. And the kids just broke out in the cheers. And so, you know, it's really uh, an interesting see, thing to see. Puts a kind of a human face on it, you know. And I think that uh, history will not look as people, particularly in the uh, teachers' unions who force kept forcing the, the kids to wear masks. And when we're talking about uh, history not looking good on um, people, you know, a few years from now, history will not look kindly, I don't think on the Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau for what he's doing and for his supporters, for those who supported him freezing the accounts. I think if he confiscates any of the of those funds, um, that's going to be a real big problem in, in and of itself. And I don't think that history is going to look kindly upon uh, pe the people who did that. And we're going to look at these people as almost as we do um, Hitler or Mao or Stalin back in the last century. Um, we might look look at these people, um, you know, as Putin. Of course, Putin is kind of his own unique kind of uh, animal there in, in the case of Russia. But, you know, he's not going to be well regarded but the you know history is written by the victors too so for the proper reading of history in my opinion to occur you know we have to persevere and those who believe in things like liberty and freedom and outdated outmoded uh notions that still believe in these things um uh, we're going to have to persevere and ultimately uh, um, succeed in, and hopefully leftism and wokeism and things of that sort are in their way and they've already peaked. Maybe we'll look at uh, 2022 as the year where um, wokeism and uh, things like that and uh, collectivism hit their peak and started to decline much as uh, COVID-19 has seems to have peaked and is now seems to have de declined. Hopefully we'll look at 222 um, as that point too where change. Maybe we'll mark the election of Glenn Youngkin as that point. Um, that's fine if history remembers it that way as long as it happens soon as long as it's uh this year and not next year that's great um but the sooner the better hopefully that will be the way but for us for the correct risk the reading of history to occur and of course george orwell could tell you well that you know those who control history you know if you control the past you control present and you control present and control the future um it's kind of uh, axiomatic now and um uh, but first we have to persevere as people who love liberty and freedom and 
you know, the idea that we can do what we want, you know, we don't have to, you know, that the government is there to protect our rights and not to uh, order us around and order the shot or that shot or do this or do that uh, just to make them feel good about themselves and for them to gain power for them and them, their own groups. But anyhow, kind of um, rambling on now, and but that's what I do on these things. So um, let's just wrap it up and, you know, Godspeed to those people in the Canadian convoy and to those uh, in our country and other countries that are emulating them. Hopefully they will emulating that be, you know, emulate them to the point of, you know, complete nonviolence and be exemplary in the way that they're conducting their protests. And, you know, if it, if it requires some degree of civil disobedience that, you know, those of us who want to help them will be able to help them and support them. I mean, the people in the BLM riots who burnt down buildings and and uh, committed arson, there was a fund for them that was allowed that bailed them out. So, you know, maybe we can do something similar uh, for the people in uh, Canada, or hopefully it won't come to that in the United States or any other country, but if it does, then as long as they're peaceful and it's just, um, you know, violations of just whatever public order, you know, misdemeanor violations, as long as it's at that level and not any kind of violence or anything of that nature, then, you know, hopefully there'll be means to help people out that way. Uh, to defend themselves in court. And again, like uh, several times for his civil disobedience, and so did Martin Luther King Jr. And some of these Canadian truckers, leaders of the Canadian truckers, they're in jail now. And so I think they're in good company, I, I would say. And so, you know, as long as it, stays peaceful and gets resolved peacefully, then, you know, Godspeed to those truckers in the Canadian convoy and in other countries. And hopefully uh, there'll be a little need for any sort of uh, convoys, uh, particularly with regards to COVID-19 restrictions in the future. Hopefully there just won't be any need for that sort of thing because the restrictions will be dropped uh, sooner than later. So that's it for today. And also congratulations to all those who won medals in the United States for the Olympics and all of the great Olympians who work so hard for their respective sports. Um, good job, those. Um, it's unfortunate that uh, the Olympics took place in a country that has concentration camps, labor camps, re-education camps, um, has basically um, 
done horrible things to its own population, including up into and including genocide, particularly of the Uyghurs nowadays. And so it's unfortunate that it had to, uh, the Olympics had to be occur this year in China, a place that's not hardly free. Hopefully, um, you know, it's just, a sh it's just a shame when, you know, if there's any sort of um, reason not to watch and support, fully support our Olympians. And, but, you know, I didn't watch any of the Olympics except for very little of it. You know, it just happened to be on TV in front of me. But other than that, you know, I never tuned it in. But nonetheless, those athletes, you know, they didn't do anything wrong. They, you know, they weren't, you know, they shouldn't be cheated out of their chance to show what they can do in front of the world. And so congratulations to all those who participated and those in the United States who won good job. And uh, hopefully um, in summer, summer Olympics in two years and the Winter Olympics in four years from now, um, you know, we, we can feel better about watching those Olympics on TV and not have to worry about the political situation in the country that they're in. So good for them. And so let's uh, leave this on a high note and our thoughts and prayers are with the truckers. Hopefully their situation can be resolved uh, in their favor and that it does not come to any sort of violence. Um, I don't think it will, but you know, hopefully it can remain that way. And hopefully the people, especially of Canada, can reconsider their choice of uh, prime minister and, and take a look at what sort of government they want to have. Um, because it's not, it's not good when you can be credibly be compared to a fascist dictator. Let's just say that. And so hopefully that will be the case. And hopefully a year from now or even less, we'll be able to talk about a free Canada, a free Australia, free New Zealand, and, and all of these countries will learn, use uh, the COVID-19 experience as uh, opportunity to learn and value their freedom. Hopefully I had some small part in that. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you for, uh, uh, look, looking at us online on liberty relearn.com. Uh, thank you for those who engage with me online on getter at LR podcast on getter and with me, uh, JP Mac on parlor and of course, Liberty relearned on, uh, Facebook and also www.libertyrelearn.com online. And so the, my most recent post on libertyrelearn.com is already up and that's the basis of this podcast so take a look at that read along as i uh, 
uh, with the beginning of the podcast, my initial statement, my most recent post on libertyrelearn.com. So you'll can see that now online on the website and pretty soon you'll be able to see it on Getter and on Parlor too. And also you'll be able to listen and link to this podcast on on Getter and on uh, Facebook and online and on Parlor. And so if you link to us on any of those ways, we appreciate it. And please spread the word. Hopefully you can take something out of this podcast. I appreciate you listening. Don't forget to go visit the LR shop online at libertylearn.com and buy yourself a nice We the People t-shirt or a This Wheel Defend t-shirt. And hopefully I'll have some more designs pretty soon. But, you know, thank you for all those who have patronized the LR shop, Liberty Relearn shop. And thank you again. Stay healthy, happy, and free until next week. Bye.